Greetings and top of the day to you all. It is Tuesday and this is Cameron Davies, host of Seasonal Bounty, which means only one thing. Yes, this is a bonus episode. In fact, this bonus episode is, is going to be called Taste, Theory and Practice. It's going to be one part of just four episodes. And please note, I'm going to be very consciously talking just about taste today. Because taste is just part of flavour. So they will get into what flavour is and how that is made up using taste and other, other organs as well in some of the other episodes. So let's start back where taste starts and let's look into the mouth. And there is a very interesting organ in your mouth, the tongue. It is the only muscle in the body that is only connected at one end. So think about your biceps or your, your quadriceps or your calf. They're connected at both ends so that you can use them to support your weight or to bend all the joints in the body. Whereas the muscle in your tongue is simply used to move around inside your mouth for its three jobs. So the first of those jobs is to assist with speaking. And so it moves around to allow for different shaping and then also to allow for different venting of the... Um, the vocal chamber as that the second thing it does which is is very very probably its most important function its least appreciated function is to aid with mastication so you're all out there giggling like I know you are mastication is a very simple word in Latin it means chewing so to masticate means to chew so how does the tongue help with mastication very simple, it moves the food around your mouth as you chew so that you chew it up evenly and this is so important because digestion starts in the mouth because when you chew all your food gets mixed with your saliva and your saliva contains a number of um, um, enzymes which help break down the proteins of food so that the digestion process is started before it even reaches your stomach which you can easily do because you've chewed up nice and easily, easily so it's easy to swallow and as well as that. And then the last thing, which is more, most commonly known for it is, it is the taste organ. So stick out your tongue and have a look at it in, the, in this mirror and what does it look like? It looks very rough, doesn't it? Well, if you have a look at it under a, very closely, like under a microscope closely, you'll see well, it's not rough. In fact, it contains a number of little mushroom-looking things, we are buds. Yes, they are taste buds. In fact, you have 10,000 taste buds spread evenly across your tongue. Now, forget that old map they, they showed you when you were younger, saying that the very tip of your tongue could taste the sweet, the sides, the salty, and the back was bitter. That is rubbish. The 10,000 taste buds, which are evenly spread across your tongue, taste all the same five flavors. And those, so those five tastes, my apologies, those five tastes are the omnivores taste buds. So they are shared by a number of different um, um, vertebrae animals from 
other apes to dogs and um, even rodents and a number and even a fish and some birds as well, I believe. So what does change is the number of taste buds they have. And let's just look at those taste buds that we have in our mouth that are evenly distributed across our tongue, 10,000 of them that can taste the five same flavors. Now those five flavors, you will recognize each of them. Sweet, yes, sour, bitter, salty, and anami. Now anami is the most recently added. It was added back in the late 80s. And it essentially is a Japanese word that has the meaning of a pleasant savory flavor, which is exactly what it is. A good example of a pleasant or an anami flavor would be eggs and ham. They're not exactly strongly flavored, but they do have a kind of a nice warm cozy flavor so that's just an army is just a pleasant savory flavor not particularly strong but just pleasant which is a great example now i call them the omnivores taste buds because a lot of different animals that are omnivores like humans that eat eat fruit and vegetables and animals and everything in between we are omnivores so we have to have a very large range of needs for to be measured by our tastes so let's look at those five different tastes and why they're of use. The first one I said was sweet. Well, okay, that's reasonably obvious. Sweet is a good, obvious source of energy. So if you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger, you want to grab something sweet so you can keep running. It's <laughs> pretty sure. Um, sour is a little bit more difficult. But here's a question. Which sour do you prefer, a lemon or an orange? You know, it's always an orange because orange only has a low amount of sourness with a bit of sweetness is a much more pleasant flavor but the sourness is important because the sourness represents acerbic acid now acerbic acid is vitamin c now vitamin c isn't a micronutrient no vitamin c is the exact opposite it is a macronutrient without vitamin c you cannot live you will die because i you know vitamin c helps the body make collagen and i've recently heard when i was doing some research Collagen referred to as the body's glue. It also is essential in the body making white blood cells, which are the, the worker of the immune system. So makes you feel good, makes you look good, and it keeps you alive. So vitamin C is super important, so that's why we we're able to taste sourness so we can find it. But incidentally, most preserved pickled food has higher vitamin C because of the pickling process. So that's interesting. And you can taste it as a sourness as well. Now, bitter is probably one of the trickiest ones to get to. But I'm going to start with what I have known from speaking to some Indian people is the Indian understanding of the difference between spice and herb. But I do also know from my history that the same is true with European language as well. Now, spices are essentially food flavorings. Whereas herbs, and this is definitely true in Europe, herbs are, is the old word for medicines. So bitterness is um, interesting because a lot of things, what is the one thing that if you have something unexpectedly bitter in your mouth, what do you want to do with it? Your body tells you straight away, spit it out. So if your body's telling you to spit something out because it's bitter, what is it likely telling you that, yes, it's possible that bitterness is dangerous. And yes, this is one important reason that dogs have a bitter sense because it allows them to tell, is that meat they're eating 
rancid or is it okay to eat? Now with humans it's a little different because while yes it does show some poisons, it also does show some medicines as well. Now I or some positive chemical and I think of this with my favorite coffee which is a double espresso and I really am very drawn to the bitterness of the double espresso because I know that bitterness is the caffeine. So it is the active drug inside the coffee that gives it that bitter flavor. And that is what I find attractive because I know it is that's what I'm getting with that bitterness. <laughs> kind of weird we all do it and it's the same also when it comes to beer because what is it about beer that makes it bitter? It's a herbal additive to the beer, the hops, which is a very strong hop, is a very strong herb, a very potent herb actually, that has quite a few different medicinal values originally. Now salty is different again, so you have three important circulatory systems in the human body. Number one, your cardiovascular system, which allows you to circulate blood, energy and oxygen. The second one is your lymphatic system, which allows you to circulate the lymph or excess water as well as white blood cells and the third one is your nervous system which doesn't doesn't rotate a, a liquid at all it actually rotates a, a nervous messages so electricity electric messages now pure water by itself is not very good at um, being a transmitter of electricity because it does not have many excess ions now you would have seen ion in the use of in the name of many batteries because ionization or the exchange of ions at a subatomic level is what we see as a voltage or a current being carried. So adding just a little bit of salt to water to make an electrolyte makes that water much more reliably conductive to allow our nervous system to operate. But and this please note this is just my suppositions more than an exact study that I saw, so this is just me rambling more than a factual science, please. So from my closer look at salt, it also does seem to affect how the some synapses in the brain react, which cause the, the salt to lead to increased blood pressure, which is one of the bad side effects of too much salt is a higher blood pressure. And the last one is anami. And like I said, the two ones that were an example of that were ham and eggs. What do they both have in common? Protein. That's right. So not strongly flavoured protein, just nice pleasant levels of protein. So that's essentially what an army is, is, is the protein the body needs to build. So that's the five flavours, and that's why they are omnivore flavours and why we are the ones that have them in that way that we do. So that pretty much gets us from A through to Z now. In the next few episodes, we'll be looking at, okay, how is flavor a component in, and how is how does flavor go towards creating a taste? Because taste is, like I said, is much more than just flavor. So we'll have a look at that in the other episodes, as well as in the later episodes, we'll be looking at how you can use flavor easily and practically as part of your cooking to allow for more enjoyment of your dishes. So there to come as is our usual Saturday um, marketplace report. So thank you very much. Important to stay fresh. Remember that we love you. And please make sure that you tune in on Saturday for the marketplace report and next Tuesday or Tuesdays soon for the next three parts in this um, four-parter about food and flavour. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Tune in.
that's what you got to do to the world. Bounty of the season, get it into you.